And thank you for joining us again on the Porcupine Perspective, the show where Robert and I take a look at politics, philosophy, and current events through the lens of individual freedom and liberty. On today's show, we're going to be doing a follow-up to last week's episode, and we're going to be talking about the loss of individualism. Now, before we get into the show, I wanted to talk to those of you that have a need to be able to record high-quality audio at long distances. Um, now, whether this is for content or for work, uh, just so you know, we have recently started using an online recording service called Ringer. In fact, we're recording on it right now. It allows multiple users to connect using computers or smartphones to make your recording easy. Best part, audio is recorded on their device with the capability of separate channels, making editing a breeze. It also reduces the chance for compromised audio. And at the end of the call, the audio is uploaded and synced for you. You can check out the link on our page, porcupinepov.com, and you'll save 25% when using our link. Now, on to the show. Now, as we said before, we wanted to do a follow-up from the last episode. We have several listeners that have reached out to me, and they had a very good question. If you don't believe in voting, why would you host a political candidate on your show? First things first. Many of the interviews you're going to hear with candidates are going to be cookie cutter in nature. Standardized questions, the the candidate's going to have time to prepare answers to. Honestly, I don't think the answers we're going to get are going to be very, what's the word? I don't know if accurate's the right word, but they're, they're going to be very well thought with very little substance to them. It's going to be what you want to hear. Now, to Dan's credit, and I've got to give credit where credit is due, he did not want to know what the questions were going to be. So no matter what, I take his word as more genuine and at least less concocted. And he did not dodge the hard question about borders, which I've got to get him credit for that. Now, for me personally, I don't believe in the efficacy of voting. That is true. But some of you still do. I'm not going to disparage that. But if you're going to vote... I want to make sure that the best questions are asked and make sure those are ones that the regular outlets are not going to ask. Now, Robert, uh, what were your thoughts on voting? Well, um, I also wanted to give credit to Dan, too, because before the uh, before the podcast occurred, um, I had, you know, I had expressed to him that um, I don't like typical interviews uh, for the simple fact of what you previously stated. You have the canned uh, pre-release questions that people can figure out the best political answer to give without actually giving an answer. And that's not really what I want to hear. Um, I know when I was voting regularly, you know, I wanted to hear everything about a person's platform, not just the things that keep them safe. And uh, Dan opted for none of that. So that was great. Uh, I really appreciated his input there. Now, um, as far as voting goes, um, in general, uh, like you said, uh, the, you know, the efficacy of uh, voting for president, yeah, it's pretty well useless. Um, however, uh, where I'm, I may differ a little bit is the simple fact that, okay, if you keep these people going, you know, you, you, find, you have a, a, a libertarian candidate, if you will, that, um, that seems, you know, seems to appear principled and stays on those principles for the whole time, 
without uh, wavering in front of some hard questions or this, that, or the other to try to appease anywhere down in the process. You know, this is somebody I feel that if you can go ahead and, you know, uh, help promote them towards being the candidate for that party, um, you have increased their voice time in front of folks, which uh, increases the idea of uh, the idea of freedom in front of folks, which is, you know, that's what Ron Paul did. And uh, if you go ahead and get them that uh, nomination to be the candidate, now that's even more time till the election that you've increased that voice. Now, on the off chance that um, that, that candidate, I guess, would win, um, then you would have uh, you would have four years of a voice for freedom or until they got eroded away by the system. One of the two. Uh, that's, that's about the only benefit I assign to it. Gotcha. Now, a lot of times I hear, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with this, that the closer to local the candidate is, meaning the office, not where he lives, that the more effective the voting can be. Whereas, you know, a, voting for a libertarian for president is not going to do as much against the system as your mayor or county commissioner or city supervisor. What's your thought there? I like to believe in that. I'd love to believe that's true. But, you know, after from being around Chicago, uh, I don't think anything's effective at all, ever. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it may be now... Um, you know, I moved into the area. I want to be a little more active in what's going on. So it may, it may be that I find something different where I live now. And I'm willing to keep an open mind and check that out. I'm just, uh, yeah, uh, I'm still a little off put by the idea. I wonder if um, maybe there's a correlation when people say local, you know, local in Chicago is obviously a lot bigger population than local in you know, BFE, Kansas, like where I'm at. And granted, the city I live in is fairly large, but imagine what you could do, you know, in a town of a thousand or 10,000 versus a town of 10 million, one libertarian voice is probably going to be more effective. So, you know, in that case, I guess I get where people think that it's going to be more effective. And for me, it's not just the pragmatic approach. You and I have talked about that before, but it's also coming from my anarchist background. I don't believe that I have the right to inflict my view on another person. And I sure as hell don't have the right to hire people to inflict my view, whether it be for less government or not. And I know there's people that disagree with me, which is fine, but all in all, guys, keep in mind that, yeah, and you didn't get privy to this part of the conversation. I wish we were still rolling. But Dan and Robert and I were talking while we were waiting for the audio to upload that he views this as kind of a multi-prong approach where you've got to sneak some people onto the ship. If you look at the government as this big warship that's bearing down on freedom to try to weaken the ship as much as possible, take out the captain, take out some guns. You know, we've all seen the movies before where you try to get a couple guys on and try to weaken it from the inside. Whereas people like myself, and uh, I don't want to speak for Robert, but I think he falls in this category. Our goals are to utilize education, show people that they do not need some authority figure controlling their actions. I'm, am I misspeaking yeah. for you? No, no. Um, I mean, 
to us to say I understand his approach. Um, and that I do that, but um, what he's saying kind of, uh, to a certain extent, falls in line with what I was explaining for the efficacy of voting uh, for presidency, which I guess so to an extent I I would agree with him uh, a little bit there. In general, uh, will the president actually get anything done, especially with a hostile Congress? Which, if you get a libertarian in, your whole Congress is hostile. Forget it. You're done. <laughs> um, so that's going to make a really, really rough road. Uh, so in that in that instance, uh, you know, it's kind of like, eh. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and not to mention the fact that everything that goes wrong, whether it's that candidate's fault or not, when they get elected, is going to be laid at the feet of that ideology. Absolutely. Just like they tried to do with, um, you know, the housing bubble crisis. Well, it's because we deregulated. No, it has nothing to do with that. But of course, we've got to demonize the opposite ideology at, at, at any chance that we get, because that's what we're all about. Dividing and conquering, dividing and conquering. Now, I wanted to finish up this part with a reiteration of something that I had spoken to on that episode. And then it sounds like uh, Robert also spoke to, but I truly feel that Ron Paul did more for the movement by staying principled and losing than trying to appeal to popularity in an effort to win. And when I say that to some of these libertarian people, especially those that are heavy in the party, I swear to God, their heads start spinning around. What the hell are you talking about? He would have done much more for the country if he would have won. But no, just like Robert said, you would have a hostile Congress and you'd probably have a hostile populace in a very short amount of time. Because now, instead of, you know, right now, Fox News is pro-Trump and then everything else is anti-Trump. Whereas, you know, two years ago, when Obama was in, Fox was anti-Obama, and then all the rest were pro-Obama. You would have both media outlets gunning for the president. Yeah. Can you imagine the shit show that would oh, ensue? It, yeah. And Donald Trump thinks the media is against him. Yeah. And just wait for that one. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have to hold our breath. You know, nothing against Dan or anyone else. I think he's pretty qualified compared to the people that I've been looking at. But, and I do wish him luck. I absolutely do. And guys, if you're going down that road, I, I, I'd strongly suggest supporting him. But all right, on to a different topic. You just had the opportunity to do something I have not yet done. You want to tell our audience what yeah, it was? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I had to meet up uh, with some uh, libertarian and anarchist folks uh, over in uh, South Akron. It, it, it was a great experience, to be honest. I mean, I I can honestly say it's uh, the only time in my life I've been around a group of people and we were having drinks. We, you know, we'd be, you know, we'd be talking about free markets and politics and this and that. Uh, just for instance, we're outside doing that while we're having a smoke or whatever. And other patrons of the bar had gone out for a smoke and they're just looking at us with this quizzical look like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Saturday night. Why aren't you talking about football, baseball, or basketball? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but uh, 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 Trisha was out there with us, and uh, she—I guess somebody asked her. She said, uh, "Asked her if uh, you know, oh, you're going out, you know, with some, you know, more people from the internet." She she said, "I'm more comfortable going out with a group of people that I don't know that believe in the non-aggression principle than going out with anybody else." <laughs> so. 
you know, that she, she had a point there. I mean, you know, we're all, you know, abiding by that philosophy. So, you know, when you have that at the forefront, there, the risk of having an issue with any of those folks is pretty minimal. Um, that's interesting. I I never, I didn't, well, no, I, I hadn't thought about that, but it, but it's very truthful in, um, and I've had this conversation with other people. I know you and I haven't really crossed into this realm that much, but I'm an atheist as well. Robert is not. But if there are any people that I would trust with religion in so much that I do, it would have to be anarchists because they're not going to pass any laws that are going to force religion down the throat of anyone, no matter what the religion is. But I never really looked at it in this context of here's a stranger that you've interacted with on the Internet. You know, it's not like Tinder or anything like that but you have a good grasp of at least what their principles that they espouse are. I wonder if you actually are safer with, you know, these unknown people than you are with people, you know, especially talking about these, uh, these particular topics. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and it's, uh, you know, about those topics. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Cause you know, with some folks, you know, uh, with, general folk it can get you know can get hostile and heated and whatnot but uh when when you're you know when you're online with uh you know folks like us and whatnot you can watch what people post over time and see you can start to dissect you know who folks are and whether they really espouse to these principles depending on you know their their responses or their original posts or original content and it will make you feel more at ease more than any other label would just the non-aggression principle alone is, you know, uh, uh, enough to make you feel at ease at uh, getting together with these folks. What's interesting about what you're saying is that, and with the group you're talking about, I I, I don't really remember really ever fighting with anyone um, within it, but a lot of my interactions within within the freedom movement within similar groups there does seem to be a lot of quibbling about just i i would almost even say that the purity of an ideology you know well this person is um a libertarian but i'm an anarchist so therefore they're not as pure as i am so they're automatically the enemy but i have to wonder if meeting people face to face, you know, whether it be over a pint of beer, over a glass of whiskey or just eating barbecue or whatever else, if that would change our outlook on these people that when we look at them online and go, well, you know, I, I don't agree with the, what they say and I argue with them, if we would have the same arguments face to face, what do you think? You know, obviously, uh, there's, there are folks out there that are keyboard warriors and that's all they do. Uh, so, uh, folks that are typically that like to, uh, prove their IQ or intelligence or knowledge on a topic by picking apart minute little parts of somebody else's argument and look how smart I am type thing. None of the people that I got together with, uh, last night were of that mindset at all. These were, they were all great people. I really enjoyed being with them. And it was a mixture of anarchist and libertarian. And there was none of that nitpicking. There was talking about, uh, you know, common ideas, common goals, advancing freedom. I was I was very comfortable myself and my wife, who is fairly apolitical, uh, but she, you know, she listens to me. You know, she listens to the podcasts and whatnot, and 
she makes up her own mind on things, she had a great time as well. And, you know, just because she didn't have, uh, what would you say, uh, freedom speak, if you will, the, the uh, you know, the key, the keywords to throw <laughs> out, you know, and stuff like that. I, I like yeah, the terminology, freedom, freedom speak. speak. Um, she, nobody, nobody picked apart anything she said. They sat and listened. And then they would contribute and then she would contribute back. And it was just, it was a really great experience. It, it, it makes me look forward to doing more of this and being more active. That's interesting. I, I, I figured that, you know, face to face, it would go one, one of two ways. Either everyone kind of gets along because we do have this core principle that we all have in common, the non-aggression principle, self-ownership. But there's the other side of me that looks at the conversations like you're talking about that turn into virtual dick measuring contests. And I was wondering if any of you guys were whipping them out in the bathroom just to see, you know, <laughs> who's got the bigger one or not. But I'm glad to hear it didn't go that way. For yeah, you, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I might not have experienced that. I'm not a fan of public bathrooms anyway. But no, no, that wasn't the case at this get together. There, there was <laughs> there was none of that going on. Everybody was really thoughtful of what anybody had to say. And, uh, you know, would contribute their own piece. And there wasn't a negative comment made all night. That's amazing. My my question now is how to replicate this in our own areas. Uh, it seems a little like the desert, the, the freedom desert here where I'm at. I've been looking online and the majority of what I've seen, I haven't seen activity since the last uh, election. So it seems like that's the only time these people are active. I don't know if I've got time to start up something on my own, but who knows what the future may hold. Yeah, I'm 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 going to look into the same thing here and you know, see what we got going. Um yeah, it'll it'll probably be some work if there isn't anything going, but uh I'm definitely into the idea of uh, you know, being active about this now along with what we're doing here. Uh I'm kind of really stoked after this weekend. Uh the folks were a breath of fresh air. It, it was really nice. And I'm glad to hear that. It makes me look forward to hopefully my first opportunity to get in front of some people with the uh, anarchist label or libertarian label, even though we don't like labels, but at least you kind of know where they that's, stand. That's one thing so. we also discussed last night, too, for a brief extent, was uh, we we were talking about a topic, and, uh, you know, it's talking about, uh, I think it brought up somebody was a socialist libertarian. At your meetup, you had a lib sock. No, no, at your no, no not meetup? at the meetup, but it, talking about oh. somebody who was, and and because I think they're like unicorns, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie; I don't think they really well, exist. Well, so so you're so yeah, so you're talking <laughs> about labels, and we're in that circumstance, and you know, and you know, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't like to assign labels, but you know, and I I responded with, yeah, at the same time, while I'm not a fan of labels myself. Sometimes definitions are in order to prove, you know, whether somebody's confused or not, because socialist libertarian or socialist anarchist just seems that that's complete, almost completely at odds. So, you know, definitions end up having to come up at that point. To me, it sounds more like a, a diagnosis of mental disorder, but <laughs> I'll, I'll keep my thoughts okay. to myself. <laughs> But no, I, I understand, and, and I'm not picking on, on those guys. They they could probably uh, pick apart what I believe as well. Um, God knows they try. But it's interesting, you know, coupling that with what you talked about with freedom speak. Um, and, and I really actually do like that terminology. I've never heard it before, so I'm going to give you credit I just made there. made that up. But it, 
I, that, that's why we've got you on the <laughs> oh, show, yeah. man. For my bright ideas for, you know, little <laughs> monikers for stuff. Well, that one mm-hmm. idea, just that one idea, and we're going to keep you around Peace for a while. Out. But no, um, <laughs> later, um, I've met my contractual <laughs> obligation. I'll take my pay, please. It'll be in the mail. Um, but what's interesting, though, when you talk about the freedom speech, it's much like, um, and here we go back into the religions again, but bear with me for one moment. It's almost like these different books that the different religions have. Well, these different groups within the freedom movement have their own freedom speech. And knowing where this person comes from knows you what, at least what book you need to be uh, looking at for the definitions. Because one thing I have noticed is the definitions do not always... um, dovetail correctly, if that makes sense. And I I use the word correctly loosely because I don't want anyone to think that my definition is necessarily correct. It is, but, you know, I don't want people to think that. But it's an interesting, um, an interesting way of looking at it. You've got all these different flavors, whether they be libertarian, socialists, socialists, anarchists, I've never heard of before, but I will take your word that they exist. But Again, if we could all focus on the one big problem, which is getting rid of this big authoritative figure in all of our lives, I think we could all go our own separate ways and do our own separate things and things would work out all right. What do you think? I I guess so. So what you're what you're trying to argue there is um, if we go our separate ways, it'd be all right. Or are we, you know, do we take these groups and come come in as a. I hate to say collectivist. I say Voltron. Voltron? Let's be Voltron. Okay. All right. So, so yeah. Voltron. <laughs> I think. I think if we all splinter off too much, we've essentially weakened this whole movement. And I agree, and that's why I'm using the the Voltron analogy. Now, granted, I know the original Voltron didn't have an ass cat, but that's where I would put the libertarian socialists. All right, just I'm saying. <laughs> But I, I think, you know, we, we've all got one common enemy that we want to get rid of is the, the authority. We have different reasons why we want to get rid of it, get together, demolish it, and then we go to our own separate ways at that point. Because that's the only way any of us are going to be free to do what it is that we think is going to be the best method for either organizing society or allowing individuals to do what it is that they want to do. And if we can't come together on this, then... We don't have any hope of taking taking apart the government. No, no I'm saying. not at all. I agree. There's, you know, there's steps to everything, and it's it's a long process. This isn't something. Oh, I put a good uh, year effort into this. We won! Yay! No, not happening. So, um, in in the the only way it's going to happen is with numbers. So if uh, if we do what I you know if we go ahead and do what I see online a lot, which is this group picking apart this group, picking apart this group, picking apart this group, you know, except for socialist libertarian, which I'm really confused and I can't wrap my head around. They can't either. <laughs> okay. It's okay. You roll with that nitpicking, like a libertarian site complaining about anarchists being on it, which I've seen. I've seen uh, libertarian sites uh, with folks complaining that too many anarchists have infiltrated and that's why we have these bad ideas in here. You know, I got news. You need numbers, folks. This this is a numbers game. It's a it's both an ideas game and it's a numbers game. So if you start, you know, you start fractioning off, you know, all these different groups according to you know folks folks labels or folks petty made up labels, whatever they happen to be, 
guess what? You're going to lose. You might as well just uh, sell the microphone, sell the computer, and go buy a game console. Yeah, and hope for the best. What's really interesting about this, and I use the word interesting a lot. My apologies. My wife tells me I need to stop doing that, but um, she hates that <laughs> word now. We are, she does, because in, I, I use interesting for everything, and it's usually not a good thing, but we are a movement that is so focused on the individual, right? That, that, that is the rights we're looking for. We're looking for individual accountability, but we are so absolutely obsessed with what group the other person falls into, even in the freedom movement. We're worried if they're lib socks. We're worried if they're and socks. We're worried if they're libertarian, classical liberal, pissed off Republican, libertarian, whatever the hell it is. And all we're doing is reinforcing collectivism. And it's the very thing we're fighting. And we're, we're, we're adding miracle grow. We're tending the soil. We're making sure it grows in our own gardens. It's and And, and, and you know, just to just remember too, you know, we're not, we're not advocating that people give up their principles according to a group that they don't agree with. Uh, there is such thing as getting along with folks and focus, you know, the idea would be to focus first on the things that you agree on and, you know, uh, start your dissertations that way. And then you can hopefully, you know, you can't do a line in the sand type thing. You have to go ahead and try to, uh, you know, figure out the people you can explain your, uh, your viewpoint and you still may not agree at the end, but at least you got somebody to think about it. If you get into an argument and draw a line just from the right beginning, then nobody understands anything. No idea was conveyed. You wasted your time. Oh, you're, you're absolutely correct. It's, it's going to take a lot, I think, to get past this. And, and we do have one thing in common. Now, the goals for achieving it are, of course, different. But honestly, the more people that are chipping away at this in the more different ways, the more likely we are to actually do something about it. You know, even if some people are wasting their energy, there's only so, so many ways that they can adapt, they being those in authority, to the different attacks that are going on, whether it be education, weakening from the inside, whether it be, you name it, um, like the agorists that focus only on black markets um, outside the scope of government interactions or transactions, not interactions between people to starve the IRS, to starve the government. But of course, they lose sight of the fact, unfortunately, that they just keep printing money and increasing the debt that we all owe. But I still salute them for what they're doing. I wish I could include more of those principles in uh, in my day-to-day -day life. Well, our next thing we wanted to go in was the dangers of group association, but it looks like we're running a little bit long on time. So, Robert, if it's okay with you, I'm going to probably go ahead and move us on to the next episode, if that, that sounds, sounds all like right. That sounds all right. Perfect. Well, thank you guys for tuning into the perspective today. We hope that what you have heard expands your ideas towards freedom and liberty. We're going to have links to our webpage, porcupinepov.com in the show notes, as well as links to our social media pages. Give us a follow subscription or like join in on the commentary, please. Remember, we can't do this without you and your five star reviews and subscriptions help keep us going. Remember, you're only as free as you allow your own mind to be. And as always, Robert and I look forward to having you back next time.
You wanna know?